I yeah oh my god I remember the boys acapella choir used to do like a number we did a bunch of choir concerts we had a huge choir program at my high school hundreds and hundreds of kids and only one director but it was like a class that you took anyway the boys acapella group would do something and I remember my freshman year the senior boys each got a verse during for the longest time by Billy yes, Joel of course and they did. like we all became women that night <laughs> in that moment at the same time my senior year, our show choir, which was huge, like it was like the show choir and all the other choirs, like they did, like they would do their big number at the end of like the big school year, end of the year concert. So it was just a stage just covered in kids. They did River of Dreams by Billy Joel. And Sick. it was yes. phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Well, speaking of schools, speaking of boys and girls, Shannon, did you read the Berenstain Bears and the Female Fullback? Did I? Did I ever? I devoured it. I couldn't put it down. I could not put it down. My fists were clenched on my Kindle. Wasn't it a bizarrely political book? (laughs) I have so many things to say. First of all, I felt like I was reading like a Berenstein Bears fanfic because of the length and the style and how the characters were slightly aged up and there was a little bit more romance, just like everything about it, how certain elements of the story didn't totally ever come together. Uh, That was my first impression. Do you have pages of notes? I, I mean, I literally wrote down notes, yeah. I cannot wait to get to those. And we will get to them right after the intro. Are you ready? Was none of this the show? Oh, no, no, no. Some of this is going in the show. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and today we are going to dive feet first into the first Berenstain Bear book that really just dips us into the world of politics. I mean gender politics. I mean school politics. I mean local politics. I mean angry letters to the editor politics. We have talked about the, the idea of politics in bear country and how it's very civic-oriented. We've seen Papa run for office. We've seen Mama run for office. But this is the first time we are really touching on what was at the time especially, and still is to this day, a hot-button political issue that really affected kids and affected people and that people had big, big emotional opinions on. And who better to join me to discuss the emotional opinions and political side of gender politics than you've met her before. She's been on the show from the podcast Stage of Fools. Everybody, please welcome back Shannon Camp. Hello, Shannon. Hi, I may very well be one of the most emotional people Phil knows, which is saying something because he's in the world of the theater. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I've got a ginger ale that I'm chug-a-lugging here. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't realize what book we're talking about, this is 1993's big chapter book, The Berenstain Bears and the Female Fullback. It's all about female. It's all about fullbacking. It's jam-packed with everything. Shannon, what did you think of this book? You can tell it was written in 1993. <laughs> Which, fun fact, the year after I was born. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> I was born in so, 1992. So it's funny. So this book is about a, a girl at Bear Country School. Her name is Bertha. Um, what was her last name? Bertha Broom. Of course, everyone in bear country is a little bit a witch or very (laughs) opposed to witches. Bertha Broom, uh, who wants to try out for the school football team, but the coach and many other people don't want her to. Uh, And a debate ensues and feelings are hurt and decisions have to be made. But you know what's never made? Apologies. (laughs) Right. Now, are you familiar with the actual court case this is based on? I was born in 1992. (laughs) So it's funny because when I read this, I was like, oh, I totally remember this. Like, 
this is a mic in microcosm an actual thing that happened in 1985 in New York. There was like a girl who wanted to try out. She just wanted to try out for the football team. Like she didn't want to, she just, she wanted to try out. She wanted to be given a shot. And there was a law in New York that said girls cannot try out for football, like a, like a state law. And she challenged the state law and uh, they, they changed it. Like they were like, only for football, but they were like, you know what? This is weird and sexist, and girls should be allowed to at least be given the same shot as boys on the football team. And uh, and it was, like, all over the news and 60 Minutes and 2020, and, like, people were, like, yelling about it in the, on the, in the papers, and my parents were talking about it, like, whether or not girls should be allowed to. So this book is, is really, a, like, 10 years later, it's like a reflection on what actually happened in the United States. I can't deal with people being that into sports. <laughs> I can't relate at all. I mean, I'm team Bertha 100%, but let's just dive into this podcast yeah. with your listeners knowing where I'm coming from. I would not have been uh, the girl, you know, rushing out to be on the football team not that there's anything wrong with that, as you will. That was the worst Seinfeld impression. I was, gonna of all say, time, was that supposed to be Seinfeld? <laughs> it was Seinfeld underwater uh, through a snorkel mask. You didn't know that. You don't remember that episode of Seinfeld. That was a great as you impression. Say, uh, you're about to hear me get really angry about sexism. Uh, yes. So don't worry. <laughs> um, so let, let's just begin at the beginning. Um, the school year has just begun, and we were immediately introduced to the dismissive attitude of Papa Bear as regards his own daughter. Here's the thing. I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated as I make multiple appearances on Deep in Bear Country and I go deeper and deeper into Bear Country. What I'm realizing is Papa Bear's uppence does not often come. Like, he is often, like... A real jerk, especially mm -hmm. by modern standards. I don't know about 1993. And it's, I mean, often it's shown through the narrative that Mama is the more level-headed and wiser parent. But still, it doesn't seem like Papa Bear ever really <laughs> learns his lesson or apologizes for any of the, you know, problematic things that he says or does. He's just sort of like, well, moving on. Yeah, I mean, there there is that sense of like the 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 scale. Like, it always has to be reset. Like at the beginning of every story. Like, if we have Papa grow too much, then you're going to run out of that. Like, you're you're going to lose that 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 characterization. Um, uh, but I'd say in the big chapter books, they kind of crank it up to eleven a little bit. Like he becomes uh, he he adopts an attitude in this book that. I, I have def that completely contradicts his attitude in uh, the one where the, the Berenstain Bears, no girls allowed. Yeah. Like in that book, he is definitely like, this is ridiculous. Like girls should be allowed to join boys and everything. And in this book, he's like, nope, I don't give a darn about girls sports. I don't believe this girl should be allowed to play football uh, or even try out. This narrative advances the notion that sports is a religion and must be respected as such. Um, and, you know, we'll get into it as we get deeper into the story, but it's kind of impossible for me to talk about my reaction to this book without just, like, laying it on the table. Mm -hmm. Throughout this story, grown men are incredibly cruel to a young girl, yes. like verbally and emotionally abusive, smearing her reputation in public and in print, mm -hmm. and like really targeting her as a person. And not just not just men, but characters we know and will have to be stay with throughout the book series. Yeah, but I mean uh, we can get to the teenagers and the children. I really want to specifically talk about these men, at least one of whom is, you know, a father figure. Yeah. They only sort of see the error of their ways because Bertha, you know, is go as we'll see in the story, is going to prove that 
there's a reason she wants to try out. I won't spoil it now. <laughs> but, you know, they they never at any point apologize for being cruel and they never seem to have those moments of self-awareness when they realize they did something wrong. They're just blinded by her talent into supporting her, but they never ever admit to any wrongdoing. And I got to say, as someone who considers herself a Berenstain Bears fan, I was disturbed by this. I was shocked by how pointed the attacks on her were and the fact that there was, you know, absolutely no walking that back. And she's drawn as a girl who's like sister's size. I think she's supposed to be a little bit older, but it was rough. It was rough. I was pretty shocked. Well, let's walk our way through this story and uh, touch on those points as we get to them, because there's a, a lot happens in this book. Uh, they really show like so many different aspects of the subject that they bring up because it's not just football. It's also the uh, student council and the, the uh, Queenie McBear's running for class president and the way she kind of manipulates Bertha's predicament into her own, like into becoming a political issue for her, for her campaign. Uh, so like Bertha becomes a, 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 I, if you pardon the metaphor, a football herself tossed between all these opposing people. And we never really get to know Bertha as a character. Like she just becomes kind of a touch point. She doesn't get many lines in the whole story. I, I totally agree with that, but I still couldn't help, uh, you know, but feel some warmth and affection towards her if only because of the way she was drawn. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah, that great. I mean, the Berenstein Bears kids are all so cute. I mean, even Too Tall, let's be honest, that whoopee crown is adorable. <laughs> oh, Too Tall's not the one wearing the whoopee cap. Uh, oh, that's right. Scuzz wears okay, the whoopee cap. Okay, well, Scuzz, too, although I hate having to say the word Scuzz. <laughs> too, too Tall is the one who, uh, put it gently, sexually harasses several bears in upcoming books. So uh, don't feel well, don't I feel too. Say, uh, once you get them those football uniforms, it's impossible to tell who is yeah, who. Yeah, the, the attitudes, well, so in the beginning of the book, we find out that Brother Bear is uh, trying out for varsity football, or he is, he is yeah, he's, he's going to go out for quarterback on the varsity team, and Papa's super excited about this, and then Sister says that she's going out for cheerleader, and Papa totally blows her off, and this immediately upsets Mama, as well it should, because Papa's being belligerently dismissive of his own daughter. Um, this is also where we find out that the Bear Country team is the Bear Country Cousins, I loved that. It's like admitting, like, we're all related. Now two tall and queenie kiss. It's not weird. <laughs> and the Bear Town, the Bear Town team is the Bear Town bullies. Is the bully a good mascot for your team? I mean mm, Phil, think about what still flies as a mascot in 2017 America <laughs> and really ask yourself. It's like, it's like what's a good strong symbol for our team? A bully. A bully. No one can beat a bully. Like, all right, great. I guess we'll just be the Bear Town bullies. But uh, so Queenie has announced that she. So God, wow, this just gets really convoluted and complicated pretty quickly, because Queenie wants to run for student body president against Brother Bear because it's been made obvious that all the student body presidents have been boys. And that brother's going to get voted for because he's cute, I guess, is like kind of the, one of the points they're making. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some discussion amongst the girls of like, well, Queenie has a point. A boy is always the president and a girl is like the vice president. You know, she has to serve him. And Queenie was right, pointing out a lot of the ways girls are treated unequally here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's that old chestnut of, well, we don't want to vote for Queenie just because we're girls and she's a girl, although we'll talk about how that actually bears out at the end of the story. Uh, bears, <laughs> bears out. out. Do you make that pun once an episode? I feel like I would. I think it always accidentally happens. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad the hand of fate is at play here. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and a few of the girls are like, yeah, I am going to vote for brother because he's a boy because he's a cute boy. It's like... <laughs> Okay, it's true, how old are you supposed to be? That's another question is these these chapter books, it becomes 
impossible to tell how old the cub because they're supposed to be in elementary school. Like that's how old they are. But it, they're clearly in high school. Like these books are touching on high school issues, at least junior high. But yeah, they're middle grade readers books. So yeah, I, that's what I would think. Like very late elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, and early junior high. Early, yeah, but at the very least, because I would say like sisters, and... but sisters' grade is younger. It's I mean, but then yeah. she's at school with Queenie. What? It doesn't make sense. Is it a Montessori? Well, I guess because we have my my youngest is in a Montessori that goes up through eighth grade. So maybe Bear Country School is a Montessori. Like maybe like. You know Bear, what it is? We what? have to listen to what we're saying. Bear country. It's a small school. They're out in the country. Yeah. They don't have enough students to fill up the grades. They're like they're not in a one-room schoolhouse with no, they you know, say one how many teacher, and Shirley. They say how many students are in the school. Like at the end of the book, there's like 50 students in the whole school. And I was like, oh, what? Like they said there's like 20, 24 boys and 24 girls or something. I was like, oh, huh? Because... I guess, Barrick, I mean, I get, how do you even have a football team? Well, you we're not counting all the homeschooled kids who get to be oh, on the football yeah. team. You know, their parents didn't want them mixing with any panda bears. There was a homeschool so, kid in the last book. He was the nerdy nephew. He was homeschooled. He had no social skills, and he was incredibly unlikable. Um <laughs> So, you don't uh, say. <laughs> oh, it was it was pretty. Uh, I was just like, wow, is this commentary? Like, I don't. <laughs> but uh, so the so everyone's signing up to uh, try out for the football team. Uh, too tall, obviously, is. And then so at the football tryouts, we meet the wonderful character, the bellicose, the delightful Coach Bullhorn Grismeyer. The only thing he likes more than male chauvinism <laughs> is football. That is a quote paraphrased from the book. I have a question for you. You consider yourself a feminist. Yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> am, I, am I correct? What gave it away? <laughs> have you ever unironically used the expression male chauvinist pig? No, I've definitely thought it unironically. Because like. In anger. I don't know that I've ever used it in a discussion or thrown it at someone without irony. Because male chauvinist pig gets used in this book quite a few times. And to me, growing up, male chauvinist pig was always coded for the person saying it was overreacting. Exactly. It's like a caricature of feminism and the book has a really weird attitude towards feminism i mean it never actually says the f word god forbid but they have like pithy little phrases like faster than you can say women's rights in quotations it's like uh excuse me i'm confused i never feel like the book is coming down against the, the 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 bear country girls like i never feel like it's making trying to make fun of their attitude? I disagree because I think Queenie's ambition is painted as a negative thing. Okay, in Queenie scene, definitely. In the scenes where she's talking about her ideas, the words used, I have them written down here in my notebook, are like sneered. Well, and yes. she's drawn like with her, with like the most na- nasty, if you will, she's drawn with the most nasty expression and at every turn it's like, ugh. Don't vote for Queenie just because she's a girl. Like, yes, girls are being treated unequally, but do you want to treat the boys unequally? I do think that Queenie McBear was an was an odd choice to be the mouthpiece for the for the feminist movement at Bear Country School because Queenie McBear has always been established as uh, a bit of a conniving character who who manipulates people to her own ends, and so her motivations aren't always like clear at the best like you're like she's trying to get something good to happen but there's always seems to be an ulterior motive um wow this isn't ringing true of modern day offense at all (laughs) (laughs) but it's interesting because i do feel like the berenstains are saying that it isn't right that bertha isn't allowed to participate in football. Well, let's talk about Coach Grismeyer because he's a piece of work. Well, I mean, it's not just about the tryout itself. Like I said, it's about how men talk about women in this book. And I don't think the book ever addresses how seriously 
bad this gets. I mean, it is like, it becomes an all-out war of the sexes. Like, bears are shown almost in physical assault with each other in their own homes over this discussion. Well, this isn't the first... Not like men beating women. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I mean. No, but I mean, this isn't the first chapter book where that's happened either. Like, we've, we've already been established that bear country is liable to explode at any given moment over a touchy subject. But, uh... You were right. Uh, Grismeyer, when Bertha shows up and wants to try out, he berates and humiliates her in front of all the boys. Um, he he p- parades around her, examines her physically, uh, announces that she is a girl, uh, demands she leave his field. Uh, what does he say? Yeah, he says... Uh, uh, this isn't some backyard family fun game I'm running here, Broom. This is varsity football. Boys varsity football. You're way out of bounds, young lady. Football's a boys game. And it always has been, and it always will be. And as long as I have enough breath in me to blow this whistle, there will be no girls on any football team coached by yours truly, Mervyn Bullhorn Grismeyer. You got that, Broom? Now get off the field and stop holding up my practice. And then when she tries to explain again, he screams off the field. And then just ignores her as she wanders off the field weeping. Yeah. I don't know what to add. Like, you're just you plainly describing what happens. There's no way I can be like, it's horrible and make it seem more horrible because uh, it pretty much lays it out there. It says she's heartbroken. It's terrible. She's crying. And you see Coach Grismeyer with this look on his face. I mean, and most of the boys join in on taunting and humiliating her. Brother does not. He doesn't stick up for her, but, like, whatever. Honestly, if I were him, I wouldn't in that situation either. It seems like everyone's, like, five minutes away from getting hazed. Well, yeah, we, we, we've already seen Grismeyer, like, humiliate a couple of the boys, too. Like, we know that, like, no one's safe under his... This character absolutely never shows any regret for his actions as the book goes on. Just, again, reminding the listeners of that. He will never, ever apologize for this or in any way show regret. And I feel like the book sort of tries to play it, like, not 100%, but a little bit winkingly. Like, as the story goes on, like, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's a lovable jerk. See, now he's using the term male chauvinism. And it just, like... If he had apologized to Bertha or expressed any sort of like, oh, I never should have done that, I would feel completely differently about all of that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, though, he never gets taken to task. It's not even like I need to have a scene where, like, Mama Bear drags him onto the field by the ear and is like, apologize, although now I'm writing fanfic. Um, But if, like, the narrative, uh, like, shows everyone's perspectives and thoughts they could even have thrown in a couple lines like grismeyer realized that he never should have judged someone based on blah 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 blah, and just like left it at that and even that would have you know taken some strides towards showing that like it's not just about the sports it's about treating other people like people or bears like bears i should say treating people with respect treating bears with respect i'm fumbling this Football metaphor. But it's funny because, like, when you you when you back away from the 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 minutia of the issue, like that's really what it boils down to. And if you're trying to teach kids anything, it's that all people deserve to be approached with respect, like. Which I feel the, like is something Berenstein Bears has done very well in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you start expanding things into chapter books and throwing in like more for want of a better word, character development, you you do step into that, you, you step into that weird mire of like, I'm introducing a lot of ideas here and I won't necessarily have the space or the ability to wrap them all up satisfactorily by the end. And, and I, I think that's kind of what's happened here is that like by the time the book comes to an end, they're just trying to close off about five different plot points and I, I don't know, and like and like a lot of things get lost in the shuffle. The main one being what you have pointed out, which is that none of the people who are completely despicable bears for the course of the book, none of them have to face the music for what they did. There's another thing that runs throughout the book that 
unless I missed something as I got through the end, also went completely unaddressed, um, is that throughout the book, cheerleading is presented as the alternative for girls to football. And it is made clear that cheerleaders are there to be in support of the male football players. It is not their own thing. They are there to cheer the sports players on. And if you don't want to be a cheerleader, well, then I guess you just don't get to participate in football. And if the cheerleaders choose not to participate, well, then shame on them for not living up to their responsibility to us. Well, I it think was Oh, rough. I think that's very much a part of the book. I think that's intentional. I mean, I agree, but again, it it never is really rapid. It's it's like you were talking about about introducing ideas that are good and then just not totally tying the knot at the end. Yeah, there's no resolution to that whole plot thread about because they sort of twist it. They they come up with an anti cheerleading squad the to razz the boy. The cheerleaders. That should be a band. <laughs> It's up to you to start the cheerleaders. You don't have to be in it. You can just manage it. But let's get the cheerleaders up and running. I'm already jeering a lot these days, so it won't <laughs> take long. Uh, but so this becomes like a like a, a local like sensation. We get we get Papa Bear as his usual like. So Papa Bear's bad, but he's no Farmer Ben. Like Farmer Ben, lovable lovable Farmer Ben who we've already seen, God, in one of the books, he's already, like, assaulted another bear. He and another bear get into a fist fight. Like, Farmer Ben is not painted well in these big chapter books. And he writes a letter to the oh, editor. This was shocking. Yeah. This is, this is rough stuff. He says, uh, as for this... As for Miss Bertha Broom, anyone who did what she did must be a troublemaker. Why else would a girl butt in where she doesn't belong? Yeah, and... Uh, someone, I don't know who it is, talks about, like, she knows she's not acting how a girl is supposed to act, so she brought this on herself. I think it might be actually Papa Bear. He says that, like, right next. He says she might just be confused about how girls should act. Oh, no, Dad, no. Now, Mama does not take that very well. They, it, they they do get into a parent fight right there in the house. But the end of the scene is about how they were just having a discussion, not yeah, an argument, and it doesn't come around. Again, it does not come around to Papa actually taking in any information, learning anything, adjusting his attitude, or even taking Mama very seriously. Well, she does. She, she gets in the line, what do you think she should do? Try it for the girls' football team? And he says, of course not. There isn't any girls' uh, uh, wait, wait, you're, you're, you're twisting my thoughts around, which is such a male thing to say, which is, I got caught out, I got caught, it's your fault, you're confusing me. Yeah. You're, that's such a guy thing to do, which is like, oh, you're right, but I'm not going to say, you're right, I'm going to say, you're making it, you, you you're taking my words out of context. It's uh, that is such a guy thing. I've also found that men always need to have the final word in a discussion, like online or in real life. It just try it sometime and watch as watch what happens. You will never ever get to have the last comment. He will always follow up with something, no matter how inane it is. Now I'm afraid to say anything. I'm afraid to say anything because I don't want to no, seem like I'm host. trying to. Okay, okay. You're the host. You can't mansplain on your own podcast. I'm try. I try not to. I try so hard not to. <laughs> no, Phil. We know you're one of the good, good dads. Not you're a good, bad good dad ones. like Papa Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not all dads. <laughs> this is a this this whole chapter is just. In fury, I feel so bad for Mama in this because she's not only is she having to argue with Papa this this point that he is just being belligerent on. She's like trying to shield the Cubs from like seeing them tear each other apart. Like it's 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 an it's a it's a hard little scene. And then oh, because then Papa says at the end, and remember, Cubs, your Mama and I never argue about anything important. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean about. When the scene wrapped up, it was more like about adults arguing than it was about the actual issue. It was more like everyone, it's all 
women versus men now in bear country. Yeah, because she she says it has every. He say, he says, what does this? Ha- what does women's rights have to do with the silly girl going out for boys football? And she says it has everything to do with it. And furthermore, and then it kind of segues away into Farmer Ben and Mrs. Ben screaming at each other. Squire and Mrs. Grizzly getting so angry they throw things across the house at each other. Talk about domestic. Like you were like, oh, bordering on domestic. Like, that's I think that's considered domestic violence. Yeah. If you're throwing lamps, I didn't at each want other. to seem like I was being cavalier about domestic violence, but it's like, it's weird. It's weird to create this world where people are completely divided on an issue, fifty-fifty by gender. Which we hear that there are women who also don't think Bertha should have tried out for the team, but we don't actually see any examples of those women, and we don't right. hear about any men who think Bertha should have been allowed to try out for the team. Yeah, the only the only male character who you start seeing express ambivalence is brother. Like, he's kind of the one stuck in the middle. But he wants it... I mean, he does feel bad about how Bertha was treated, but in his passages, like, describe his thoughts, he mostly just wants the drama to be over. He's like, right. let her try out so that people will stop complaining, is what he pretty yeah. much word for word says. <laughs> Um, so in the next chapter, we get Queenie McBear and her mom show up uh, with with uh, petitions to uh, to see if people will want to let Bertha try out for the football team. But that's not the the big thrust of this chapter. The big thrust of this chapter. This is the part of the this is the part of the book that I found so disgusting. But it's actually based on what happened in 1985. Is a young girl wants to try out for a football team. A doctor discusses her physical health on national television. Yeah, uh, the physical exam. Again, see, that's my thing. So much of about so much of this book is saying, like, see, she actually was worthy to play football because she was good at football. It's not see, she actually was worthy of respect because she's she is a you know, a being with feelings. <laughs> Who should be given an equal chance? You know, it's just all about like, well, I guess girls can tackle if they're very strong because they have a bunch of brothers. So really men taught them everything. Yeah. And like I said, this was a thing that actually happened. It was written about in the New York Times. Like doctors were discussing this girl's physical ability to play football. And a lot of the debate came down to that. Like, Oh, well, it also happens in the book. I don't know if I made that clear. That that exact thing happens in the book. That's why I made my skin crawl in the book. But then I was like, wait a minute. I think this actually happened. And it did. because, But it was because the New York state law said that girls were physically incapable of, of doing this. And so they actually so they actually did like turn to medical professionals and be like, so is this girl's body fit for football? Like it was really weird and creepy to like be discussing a teenage girl that way. Just let us break our bones if we want to. God. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many reasons not to let a child play football, by the way, that have nothing to do with whether they're boys or girls. Uh, the main one being all this, the brain injuries. But Yeah, don't that's boys a, have heads? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a story for a whole other Berenstain Bears book. Although, honestly, this story makes you question if men have brains that can be injured by football because they're wah, all wah, wah. behaving pretty terribly. But yes, they are. Oh, boy. Yeah, and it's weird. <laughs> well, see, I live in Minnesota, and... And I talk to a lot of people who, you know, football is such an ingrained part of this culture that when even when people get brain injuries, when they have I I know I've talked to professional athletes whose lives have almost been ended by brain injury who are like, well, I would never stop my own kid from playing the sport because it's it's a part of life. And I'm like, no, you can't actually stop them from playing the sport. Like you are allowed to do that. (laughs) Like it's it, yeah, it is so weird that like football is such a weird, touchy subject. I mean, I understand that there's people out there who football is a huge part of their life, like socially, like culturally, it just isn't part of mine. So I, I guess I'm able to step back a little bit more and like take a like a. It's such a weird thing. I don't know. It's such a weird. I thing. mean, listen, li- people, listen to me. Hear how emotional, and upset I'm getting about a Berenstein Bears chapter book. It was written in 1993. Obviously, I understand caring deeply about things that won't ultimately affect your life. I'm not throwing shade on sports fans for that. I 
don't understand treating sports like either a religion or like a part of your nationality that must be respected. And if someone disrespects that, they're a criminal. But, <laughs> you know, it's a, a blurred line. I appreciate I can this, understand that. This is a book that could very well be about like women in the priesthood. Like it's it plays on the same emotions and the same like sense of outrage that people that people express when you bring up women in the priesthood like it's it's like well that you can never allow that and it's like well wait what like what 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 are we discussing here it's it's such a it's such a weird touchy subject and uh and so so we do get to the cheerleaders we learn that there is a a rogue team of 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 girl cubs who are now jeering the boys football practice making it impossible for them to to think on the field because they're so loud um, but this is where we learn that Brother Bear is actually kind of ambivalent. He just thinks that he thinks that anyone should be given a chance to try out. Um, but also, like you noted, because it's creating strife on the team. He's like, I can't focus on memorizing my plays because everyone's talking about Bertha. <laughs> He's literally shown with an open playbook with his hands over his ears like, come on, guys, I'm trying to memorize plays over here. I hope that there's one day a Berenstain Bears revival cartoon so that you can voice <laughs> Brother Bear, at least for this, this one episode. No, I sound no. like I'm doing the voice of the nerdy homeschooled cousin. <laughs> you you kind of do. <laughs> he, uh, but Mama says, like, you're team captain. Like, if you have a problem with this, if if you think resolving this issue could improve your team, then introduce that to the to the coach like maybe maybe we can maybe we can approach it from a different angle and while that's not a clean way of dealing with this issue i do respect the fact that like this is mama politically maneuvering yeah. like it's that it's that whole thing of like well if you can't address the if you can't address the problem head on sometimes you got to hit the hit them where like in a way that like they'll understand it in order to make the change you need like, does that make sense? If the Berenstein Bears and the female fullback were the movie Suicide Squad, okay. Mama would be Viola Davis. And oh, yes. what I mean by that is she's the only one who comes out of this book undamaged. <laughs> she kind of is. And she's also the Viola Davis in that every scene with her in it is the only tolerable part of the story. <laughs> so who is the Harley Quinn in this book? Would it be Queenie McBear? Yeah, because like you love her and you hate her at the same yeah. time. <laughs> Queenie, Queenie is such a she's such an I love ever since I started these chapter books. I love the character of Queenie McBear because she is a troublemaker, but you also see her get like, she gets manipulated and pushed around by Too Tall a lot. And she's kind of positioned as Too Tall's like, like his like social equal, like she, but she's not a bully. She, she's just, she sort of operates at the same level with the girl cubs that Too Tall does with the boy cubs. But I find her, she's one of the smartest cubs. Like, obviously. And I just, I love, even though she's not always doing things for good reasons, I love the fact that she's always operating to get what she wants. Uh, in a, in a, in a very just like, I don't know how to describe it. I think she's a kind of a, she's not a likable character, but she's kind of a cool character. She's still Rizzo from Greece. You just described oh, yeah. Rizzo and Kaniki from Greece in every <laughs> possible way. Like, oh, no. I think she has good intentions, but she goes about them in a kind of a bad way. And she relates to the girls in the same way that he does to the guys. Like, you literally just described the pink ladies and the T-birds. <laughs> I guess that's kind of true. I know I've, I used that mm. metaphor on probably the last episode of Deep and Bear Country I was on, but it just goes to show. It bears repeating. It does bear Hey. Repeating. I so this is just showing that I'm a very repetitious speaker. <laughs> and a theater person. Um, I'm doing jazz hands the entire time we record. You just can't see. So if our listeners thought Coach Grismeyer was despicable a few chapters ago, wait until you hear Coach Grismeyer what he says after he agrees to let Bertha try out for the team. So Brother Bear presents his idea. Let Bertha try out. We'll just give her a shot. You know, if she makes it, she makes it. If not, if not, we just give her a chance. Coach Grismeyer tells the the boys on the team, not brother, but like too tall in his squad. He lowers his voice 
He says, and as for rattling teeth and any other rough stuff, he said, I don't want to see any blood or broken bones, but I wouldn't object to a few well-placed bruises. Somebody's got to teach these girls who think they want to play football that it's not hopscotch jacks or tiddlywinks. And what I just said is between me and you and the locker room walls. Understand? Those are actual words from an adult authority figure in a Berenstain Bears big chapter book. Copyright 1993. This is, this is the not wonderful Coach Grismeyer. This is not appropriate. <laughs> not only is this not appropriate for these characters to be saying to these bear children, it is like, oh man, I can't even imagine reading that aloud to the kids that I nanny. Like, that is so dark. I mean, can yeah. someone call Mrs. Grismeyer and check on her? No kidding. If the words... If the three words, well-placed bruises, ever cross your lips, you need to be investigated. Because you you never should ever in your life need to request well-placed bruises unless you're a special effects artist. Obviously, it goes without saying that that goes across every, you know, gender and profession. But I'd like to point out that specifically in this instance, not only is it a man encouraging using violence to teach women their place, but it is an adult male public school teacher telling male students to assault a female student and not tell anyone about it. Like, if these characters weren't drawn as bears, we would have to end the story with, like, Grismire getting fired or ending up in the back of a police car. Right. If they were drawn as people, like, forget about it. This book would have never hit library shelves. <laughs> I think you're very right. And not only is she under threat of being assaulted, of course, she does not know this. Uh, Queenie has gotten together a group of cheerleaders for the for the tryout that Bertha's not cool with. Like she doesn't want a whole lot of fuss to be made, and so she's asked them like not to like come to the to the tryouts. But they are Queenie is using this for her own political gain, and now Bertha's not being listened to on many different fronts because now she has to try out under all this pressure from both sides of the both sides of the aisle. Yeah, I just feel like this book really paints women who are passionate about women's rights. I can't say feminism because they don't use that word. Right. Uh, with like a really negative brush is like she's using it all for personal self gain. And since Mama doesn't really get to have like a first person narrative perspective the way that the younger cubs do in this story, we don't really get yeah. like an awesome character to be like, hey, this is wrong because it's wrong. You know, it's wrong because we deserve to be treated with respect, not because I'm trying to seize political control of the fifth and or eighth and or twelfth grade. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, as you could probably guess, Bertha is amazing at football. Like she proves even it's a it's that weird line because you could say like she shouldn't have to prove she's good at football. Well, I mean that's the whole point of football tryouts. Like she shouldn't have to prove that she deserves to get to prove that she's good at football. Yes, like it's not like a meritocracy. She shouldn't have to prove that it's not Harrison Bergeron. She shouldn't like be judged for her worth in society based on her skills. Right, right. Well, she 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 does get that though. <laughs> she she's she's apparently the strongest cub in Bear Country School and is able to do a lot of things the other I don't know anything about football. I, th- this book gets really football technical near the end. Like there's like now yes, I know yeah. now I know how most people felt reading like Quidditch chapters in Harry Potter cuz it describes a football game and I'm like full backs and running blocks and tackles and all this. And I'm like, I don't actually know what's going on in this football game. Bertha. So man, we're, we're barreling towards the end here. There's also this whole like 
campaign for student body president going on that brother's a part of that he doesn't want to be a part of anymore yeah brother's not like trying to make anyone's lives better he was like i guess i'll run for uh school president because i'm the popular kid and then when it got hard he was like uh maybe not yeah he he's he's facing he's like off in his own berenstain bears chapter book in this story like there is a story to be told about like the pressure to represent like the pressure to do everything the pressure to be the golden boy the pressure like there is a story there that doesn't doesn't get really get touched on but it's playing throughout this book that brother bear feels like he has to do everything because people expect him to do everything which is funny because we've never really seen brother presented that way before but uh yeah i thought it was so creepy that all the girls think he's cute because i think of him as like a small child from the picture books this is the first chapter book that i've read of the berenstein bears and i was like oh am i watching rugrats all grown up i feel unclean again it's kind of that way it's established in one of the first chapter books that brother is kind of the cutest boy at school no 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 everyone wants him I don't uh, know they, why that bothers me so much, but I guess like I don't even we want got to a whole see book. them. We, we got a whole book that ended with him in a closet with a girl playing post office. Like that's <laughs> that's where these books are coming from. They didn't actually make out. She okay. kissed her. She kissed her hand, and he made moaning noises so everyone would think they were making out. Yeah, by the way, that's better. That's better somehow <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So anyway, the big game comes. Bertha is, of course, on the team. Her 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 equipment is sabotaged. Her pads are stolen. She doesn't think she's going to be able to play. And then the real hero of the story steps forward. Too Tall gives her his pads because he's decided that she's awesome and he wants her to play. Isn't no. he the real hero of this story? not exactly how it goes down he recognizes <laughs> that she's the superior football player and since this yes. book was written by ayn rand he passes over the padding <laughs> it is a real like you have you have you have, <laughs> you have honored yourself in the field of battle i will give you my padding <laughs> you have best feet in a show of yes. physical strength therefore you get the deeds to my railroad <laughs> I do I do kind of I kind of appreciate the fact that Too Tall is nothing if not consistent. It's like he's got like two or three values in life and one of those is feats of strength. And if you can boy, girl, man, woman, doesn't matter, if you can display to him that you are strong in some way, he has some sort of respect for you. And you know, he's the most like an actual bear in that sense. <laughs> And what's funny is, in one of the last books, Brother Bear got so strong from working out that he was actually able to pick Too Tall up and throw him into a dumpster. I don't think Too Tall's even near the top of the food chain anymore. Yeah, because uh, he's been whipped by his <laughs> aggressive feminazi girlfriend, Queenie. As Queenie, we'll I see. tell you. So, the, uh, uh, for want of a better expression, a football game occurs, and it goes on for pages Please, and no pages. no details. I heard you read it once. Um, but they show, from what I could gather, they show that the Cubs, Bertha's not the star of the game, but they've put her into Too Tall's position as fullback because she's a better fullback, and Too Tall gets moved into a position that he's actually better at. And so, that, and so we, we sort of get this demonstration that, like, the team works better because people are actually doing the jobs that they're best at. They all come together. They beat the bullies, which is could be symbolic in a different book, but they beat the bullies, the Beartown bullies. Yep, and, the kissing uh, cousins all beat the bullies. The kissing cousins beat the bullies. <laughs> they host the, they hoist their abusive coach up onto their shoulders, um, but everyone's cheering for Bertha Broom because she's even 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 Farmer Ben. Is cheering for Bertha Broom. It's it's just it's a beautiful scene. I, I'm sure you would agree that this is this is the best possible outcome for this situation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she okay. proved herself on the field of battle. Come on, what else do you want? What else a girl supposed to do? I guess it could have been worse. No one dumped a bucket of pig's blood on her. So. <laughs> 
this is a this is borderline carry world, isn't it? Like if your classmates <laughs> now I need to define a bad Jeff Foxworthy accent to do. If your classmates <laughs> <laughs> if your classmates are strategizing on ways to physically harm you, you might be in a Stephen King novel. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a high school coach who whispers to the school bullies that they should assault a female student, you might be in a Stephen King novel. <laughs> you might be a bear. <laughs> uh, so what happens is... Jeff Bearworthy? I'll stop. Wah, 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 wah. But he would be a fox, obviously. <laughs> or maybe Do like foxes a exist in this world? Oh, they've all been driven out of bear country. We've established that all the other all the other mammals have been well driven out of bear country by this point. This is bear country. Oh, planet of the bears. Well, we learned in one of the previous books that there's actually two warring bear clans. Uh, there's the bear, there's uh, the bears, and there's the uh, the grizzlies. And that a hundred years ago. There was actually a war, and in the illustrations, it is portrayed as Union versus Confederate. Uh, Hachi machi. Like, oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> that was in one of the first chapter books. Wait, so were the bears the Union? Yes. Thank oh, yes. God. But the grizzlies, like two tall grizzly and family, <gasps> were all part of this bear confederacy. Wait, this uh, is actually kind of changing my entire interpretation of the series. And so are we in like an to... alternate future where there's two United States of America divided down the middle? Well, no, because they lost. Like... Oh, okay. They wiped this was the an old feud, out. and now they've all they've all, as they said, have intermarried at this point. And yeah, we learned a lot about the history of bear country. There's a lot of ugliness in the past. Uh-huh. Um, it's amazing that all of this is canon and not like a gritty reboot. That's insane. It almost at times feels like a gritty reboot, or as you said, like weird fan fiction. Yeah, this like, felt like a gritty re- reboot fan fiction, that weird gray area, which I also name dropped um, Rugrats All Grown Up, which is yes. a similar product that I find kind of disturbing because you have these characters you were introduced to as babies, or in the Bear Cubs case, very small children, and you're supposed to like root for them romantically and it's uh, it's a hard bridge to cross and also seeing them drawn as aged up characters can be kind of like oddly disconcerting yes but it's no riverdale so we haven't quite gotten there yet although there are mysteries coming up so maybe someone gets killed Mm. i don't know (laughs) any girl detectives involved well, Sister Bear has always been a member of the of the detective club, so... Oh, that's true. How could I discount her? Well, my apologies to Sister. <laughs> well, to wrap this story up, we forgot that there's also this election going on, which has hit a tie because Tutal voted for Queenie because, I mean, because he's smart. Like, you're not going to vote against your girlfriend. And, uh, but, but it's a tie because he voted for Queenie. And who Bertha voted, voted for, for brother? For brother, because that's he's right. the team captain. But let's walk this back for a moment. You jumped into the reason why there's a tie because people flipped sides and didn't mention that every single bear in the school votes along gender lines, except yes. for Bertha and Too Tall. Which, with my experience, like in elementary and middle school, was not the case. At least I hope not. And it is an incredibly disheartening end to this story to see that the kids are still completely divided because of gender like yeah they, and they actually learn only nothing. gets it because brother bear is like oh, i guess i don't want it after all it seems like a lot of conflict yeah so that's what happens is it's a tie by the way we find out that there's 102 cubs in bear country school which i guess is a is a fine amount for a small town i mean these Queenie... are the children of farmers just because farmer ben goes by farmer ben doesn't mean he's the only farmer he's just the only one who sits on his front porch with a piece of hay <laughs> sticking out of his mouth and a gun apparently this guy's yeah. unstable Yikes. But uh, Queenie kisses too tall because he voted for her, which is really all he wanted anyway. But uh, brother decides to break the tie by, as you said, just giving it up, <laughs> just saying whatever. I didn't want this anyway. <laughs> which, yeah, it's not like an empowering. Well, the girls finally have a chance to make a difference, and they did make a difference. They voted for Queenie because she was a girl, which the book already taught us was an unworthy reason, and the boys are still like, oh, we don't want a girl in control at all. Better vote for brother. 
And then brother says, when when asked why, he says, I believe in ladies first. And sister says, Queenie, are you going to accept the presidency after a male chauvinist remark like that? And she says, you're darn right I am. I mean, I guess they accurately portrayed that middle schoolers are completely ruled by their hormones and very keen on either impressing or oppressing the opposite sex. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like I got maybe too fired up and angry during the recording of this episode. And I did admit to Phil before we started recording that it's been a long day and it's been a day full of sexism on the internet and especially high volume. But, um, you know, it is hard. This book was hard because I uh, did grow up with the Berenstein Bears books love the picture books and uh this sort of felt like a little bit of a betrayal (laughs) this is the so that's basically the end of the book queenie becomes the president and bertha continues on on the football team um it's interesting because as as weird and misguided as the book is i think it does raise a lot of good issues to talk about with kids oh yeah i don't that i don't see raised in a lot of the girls versus the boys books i agree i agree i can't imagine reading it to the kids i look after because of the well-placed bruises scene yeah but aside from that i think i could go into with the perspective like it is worth noting it was written in 1993 you know that's more than 20 years ago that's almost 25 years ago yes i was in high school (laughs) i'm turning 25 on saturday (laughs) um that's not a joke i am turning 25 on saturday it'll be your birthday the day this episode drops happy birthday oh that actually is gonna be a really fun birthday thing to have on the old (laughs) facebook page serendipity anyway like i i definitely could come to this with a more open mind like keeping in mind the year was written and like knowing it's not going to be this perfect thing but I don't know I guess because I feel like the books have been pretty good about addressing this sort of thing in the future I sort of naively jumped in thinking like oh wow this is getting kind of real (laughs) but (laughs) I'm sure they'll like bring it back around to a satisfying place and I sort of kept that torch alive and that's why the 50-50 gender voting felt like a kind of like a oh like missing a step yeah like a major misstep at the end like that could that could have been at least a good time to like show that this whole debate all the fighting all the arguments all the stuff that we saw in bear country had sunk into the cubs that like maybe it doesn't have to be this way like you're right like if they had been like wow like it was a majorly like it was a split vote but it didn't fall along gender lines. Like that's a ama- like that's something new, but no, like this is going to be a recurring issue, I guess, for the rest of bear country history. Yeah. And I, I mean, for any parents who are listening, uh, whether you want to use this book or not, and who could blame you if you chose the latter because of the well-placed bruises thing, yeah. I do think it's a discussion worth having with your kids. Cause you know, as a young person who grew up in the 25 years or so since this book was published, uh, even though I could not have been further from the world of sports in my own recreational activities, I have definitely seen like the really ugly side of this debate rear its head in school. Uh, when I went to college, I was in like one of those required social studies classes where you have to talk about like pretty basic civil liberties issues you know it's like checking off a requirement for your gen eds and we had a chapter in our book that talked about sex discrimination and for the most part the discussions in our class were pretty civil i mean if anything the guys in the class were uninterested in participating uh but then when we got to the section about like is it title nine that prevents discrimination in university sports I think so. Yeah, I I think it's Title IX. I could be wrong about that again, though. I've made it very clear I'm not a sports expert. Um, The guys in the class just, like, came alive for that one day of class Hmm. discussion. 
And the teacher was an older man who really didn't care what happened. He kind of just enjoyed, you know, stirring the pot. And these guys were, like, belligerent to the point where they started turning to girls in the class and yelling and getting up in their faces with, like, pointing fingers, like, saying, like, well, the girls' sports shouldn't get as much money as the guys' sports from the university because they don't bring in as much revenue because people don't like watching them as much because they're boring and da-da-da-da-da, talking about, like, all the reasons people don't watch female sports as much as male sports. And there were some female athletes in the class who were like, well, if we had the budget that you guys did, you know, more people would come to our games because we'd be able to have that level of spectacle but these guys were just so disrespectful and rude about every aspect of the issue that several girls left the class in tears and the male teacher did absolutely nothing to stop it so you know if you're raising a kid today even if they grew up in the somewhat more progressive 90s and early 2000s it's still a really huge problem and it's still something Uh, I think especially young boys are being conditioned to believe that like sports is this really sacred thing and people who get in the way of that, you know, can go to you nowhere because they are not worth it. Good point. Good point. Um, On my side of this, you know, I'm I'm approaching this from two years now of Berenstain Bear history and uh, looking at this from a from a Berenstain Bears perspective, (laughs) if if there is such a thing, um, you know, these books, these chapter books, these early, the, the first few chapter books were all written by Stan Berenstain. It was kind of his project. And, uh, you know, he and his wife were, he and Jan were equal partners in their, in their careers. Like from the time they met and began illustrating, they were co-creators and co-writers and co-illustrators and, uh, from from everything I've I've known, talking to to Mike Berenstain and talking, you know, and, and hearing about the stories of their lives, these were these were two people who were very you know, progressive politically and and were always trying to stand up for kids and kids' rights and uh, trying to make you know the world a better place and and address issues that they thought were important uh, for kids and for families to talk about. Uh, I could see what they were going for, but it's a it's such. It's such a complicated uh, conversation to have that to try to to try to present this many aspects of it in one book, I think, just led to it becoming muddied. I think that I want to I want to believe that their hearts were in the right place, um, just knowing the kind of people they were like. I'm I am certain that they're they're they came firmly down on the side of Bertha being allowed to participate in football. But I also think that it was written at a time when we weren't we still didn't have like the social dial. Like we didn't have what's the word, the vocabulary mm-hmm. to like talk about things like this, like in, in popular culture, like there was still that whole, like the evil, the evil shrewish feminist and the, Oh, you male chauvinist pig. Like that was still a part of it. Yeah. I think the end of the book is kind of like that nineties idea of like, well, at the end of the day, men be like this, women be yep. like this. What can you do? I love them both. Men are great, women are great, but they're just always going to be different because of their exactly. gender. And never it was like the end eye. of a. It was like the end of a Saved by the Bell episode. Yeah, yeah. And I was also going to say, I don't think this is as much like a failure of Stan and Jan Berenstein's politics or their morality. Like, I'm not casting shade on them at all. As I've said, love their work. I think it's more of like. Something didn't translate in terms of structuring the story (laughs) into a short chapter book because all the ideas are there, but the narrative never really comes together and it ends on the most sour note possible. And it feels more like this was either like a shorter book that got stretched out and they're like, oh, we need to add the election plot line. (laughs) Or it was like a 400 page epic about like right. school <laughs> politics it's like watership down like oh instead of people they're rabbits oh instead of people they're bears um, <laughs> and it got condensed down one or the other but it was never meant to be this length because it's so confusing and quite muddled well part of the goal of this show is to see if there's an overarching continuity among all these books so we've got many more chapter books to come i know bertha returns of course too tall and queenie and all them return so maybe maybe there is comeuppance maybe there are lessons to be learned 
in the future i will there's obviously mysteries we've got haunted house stories the chapter books get wild and woolly oh, um, yes i really hope that they maintain the strength of the continuity from at least these first few books which are definitely carrying over one into the other it is about time for us to wrap this up though so shannon <gasps> where can our <laughs> listeners find you on the internet uh, you can catch up on my podcast, Stage of Fools, which is available on iTunes or wherever you find your fine podcast products, um, because we're in between seasons right now. So if you're not familiar with the Royals, which is the absolutely insane primetime soap opera that uh, Stage of Fools covers, now would be a great time to either watch the show and listen along or just listen and let my podcast co-host, uh, Zach Powers, and I just spin you a very weird and disturbing uh, wannabe <laughs> Hamlet story. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. And uh, for everyone listening to this, uh, well, I guess everyone is listening to this if they're listening to this. <laughs> what about the you... ghosts with their fingers in their ears? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, you can find me at BerenstainBearcast at WordPress.com. I'm at, uh, you can write to me at BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at BStainBearcast. Uh, write, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you know, ch- chat at me. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. Just search Deep in Bear Country. You're going to find us, Shannon. Thank you so much for coming on. I was hoping this would be a passionate discussion, and I was insanely satisfied. Oh, well, thank you for indulging me. It's always a pleasure to podcast with a fellow theater person. (laughs) Always a pleasure to have you on. And for everyone else, we will see you all next time deep in bear country.